when we find small moments of joy every day, we can actually conquer our fears. And from that comes action. Because so many people, and I believe that the sense of urgency that we have in the world, on the state of the world, if people are in the mode of fear, nothing is going to happen. We need to give people hope. We need to give people joy and happiness and 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 fuel every day uh, to see that what I do is important. So that's where I that's why I'm starting with the small moments of joy because you need three moments of joy for every moment of fear. Welcome to Stories for the Future, a podcast on a mission to get you excited and optimistic about the huge challenges and changes we are facing on this beautiful planet called Earth. My name is Vesleme Klavnesberge, and in this season, I want you to get into action. We all have special superpowers, and we are all needed to get us back on track for a great future. So please join me in my search for the superheroes with the superpowers. And if you at some point think that, hmm, I could have done this, then go out and do it. Make that connection, write that email, start that company. With almost 8 billion superheroes on this planet, there's no way we couldn't make it. So let's start. It's game on. Before introducing today's guest, I want to talk a little bit about the theme for this season, which is creating action. And this is because I want you to have this not in the back of your head, but in the very front when you listen to the episodes. You see, what I have seen so many times is that the power of connection, network, of sharing different practices, ideas and ways of thinking can lead to so many positive actions. This podcast's part in that is to share and to inspire people to act. And your part is to see this as an opportunity to connect, to get new ideas and new perspectives and to find inspiration in so that you can use that to start your own thing or to change something for the better. And I think my guest in this episode brings a great example and an opportunity to get inspired and to use that inspiration as a tool. So if you're thinking that what what you're hearing today, that you're thinking that, wow, we should have that here in uh, Amman or the city of Westminster or Cairo. I'm I'm just looking at my, my listeners' hometowns, which is really interesting. If you see that, then act, reach out to her and find out how you can do the same where you live. I truly believe that sustainable development goal number 17, which is partnerships for the goals, is one of the most important. They're all, of course, really important and very interlinked, but this one is fundamental. So if you're sitting on the other side of the planet and you hear about a business, a person, an idea that you want to know more about, then get in touch with me or directly with my guest and see this as a great way to build connections and to create action. 
So with that being said, now let me introduce you to Siri Abrahamsen. Siri is a public speaker, one of the really good ones. She has written a number of books, both for children and for grown-ups. She is the founder and the CEO of the company World of Empathy, or Gleding, which is the name in Norwegian. She's also, and first and foremost, the mother of three boys and a really wonderful person. She's really the first person I have met to introduce herself as the luckiest person she knows. How great is that? Her message about how small actions create big impact and how we all need to be seen, heard and included brings a really important element to the work to create a better future. This message and Siri's work needs to be spread. So just listen to this conversation, which I really enjoyed, and you will for sure see what I mean. Siri, welcome to Stories for the Future. It's Thank so nice you. to have you here. It's very nice to be here. Thank you very much. And it was one of my previous guests, Maria Peltukangas, who highly recommended me to contact you and to get you as a guest on the podcast. Mm. I'm, and I'm so glad I did because now that I have read up on you and <laughs> understand more about what you're doing, I see that we, your, uh, your, uh, your work is so relevant for what I'm talking about in this podcast. And we might have slightly different angles, but uh, but it's kind of the same focus. Yes. So just to start with, briefly, mm-hmm. who are you? Well, I'm Siri, 36 years old, uh, founder of the World of Empathy. I'm a mother of three boys. Uh, and I think I am maybe one of the happiest persons I know. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, actually, I, I often think about that. I feel very, very lucky um, to to live in this in Norway and to have all these possibilities and opportunities to actually um, work with my passion and what I believe in. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very grateful human being and I'm fascinated by life every day. What a fantastic introduction. (laughs) You're one of the, that's uh, fantastic. That's Mm. not really often that you hear that actually people Mm. saying that. So, um, so we will get back to what you, you work on today. Um, but where did it start and where did you start off and why did you make the, the changes that you Mm. made? At some point, perhaps. Yeah. So, well, it started with my childhood, which it does for many of us. I mean, our childhoods are so important in in our wiring and our values and what drives us. And and for me, it was quite a lonely childhood and uh, my teenage years as well. So, in school, I never had any close friends. I I didn't connect well with uh, people my own age, and um, and I'm also the youngest of uh, three sisters. So I always felt that I had to be wiser and older. So I didn't have a playful childhood at all. I mm. I struggled to to show my worth through my uh, through my um trying to perform and trying to achieve things so achievement was 
was very important uh, from an early age. And um, I didn't really feel belonging at all. I felt that I was born in the wrong country. Uh, I was born too late because I always connected with people 10 years older than me. Mm. And, um, and I felt lonely. And um, I think this loneliness really um, made me think differently about what I wanted to do uh, with my life. So um, that's where it started. And um, and I also got married very early. I was only 18 years old when mm. I married my first friend, really. And... Uh, and in my 20s, I was very focused on building a, a home. And mm -hmm. I think that was because I had felt lonely all my childhood. So so this belonging was very, very important to me in my 20s. And uh, I became a young mother at the age of 26. I had three, three sons. And then I studied uh, next to this and I worked and I studied and I was a mother mm -hmm. and it was really busy. I I remember bringing my, uh, after giving birth to my third son, he went to school with me when he was seven days old. Oh, wow. uh, so, so my 20s was really, it was quite tough actually. And uh, then I started working um, with uh, leadership management consulting. Um, that was my bachelor degree in management, and I have another bachelor degree in um, uh, communication and social anthropology and religion. And uh, I was sitting in the office, and I thought, you know, I I find it interesting to work with leadership and management, but I think there is a another purpose for me. Um, mm. I feel that I really want to contribute to society and to the world. And um, I felt that I have, there is something in me that I need to bring out. Mm. Um, and I said earlier that I'm one of the happiest persons I know. And I, and I have this fundamental happy state within me, mm. even if, even if my life hasn't been all that easy, I still feel this gratitude. So I thought, you know, I'll just start something. <laughs> and um, I didn't have any money uh, that I had. Um, I, I didn't have a big bank account for savings. I just trusted in the process. And um, I left my job uh, without having a great plan. But um, <laughs> I started and here we are. How many is seven, eight years later? And I'm oh, still, wow. uh, I'm still okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Is, was it the same company uh, you started when you were 29 as you have today? Uh, no, I, no. well, yes and no, but it, I have uh, changed. First, it was called YB Less. And YB Less came as a, uh, like a saying for me because my, well, what I feel as my purpose or my calling, it, it, uh, was something that happened when, when I took my coaching certification, uh, I, or my coaching training. And I remember a poem by Marianne Williamson mm -hmm. that was read out loud to me and it just hit me really hard. Mm -hmm. And it says something about you playing small doesn't serve the world. Mm -hmm. 
And but I've always felt that I had to play small because I was too much, you know, I was too strong, I was too loud, uh, too confident. Um, so I always felt that I have to play small so other people will like me. <laughs> but then this uh, poem was read out loud and I thought, you know, this is so true. Mm. Me playing small doesn't serve the world at all. I'm not, I'm not helping anyone by keeping myself down. Mm. And that's when I went back to the management consulting and I, and she's a great friend of mine, my boss who, who, uh, who hired me there. And I told her that, you know, sorry, but I just have to, I have to fly. I have to yeah. go out there and, and try and try to, to see what I can bring out to the world. And, um, and it's been a roller coaster since then, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So it started with Why Be Less and now it's... Yes. And then, uh, and now it's called Gleding. Gleding. So Gleding is the wor word that I want to bring out. And um, that, that word came uh, when I was eating with my children. We had uh, a supper. And uh, I asked them, what's the opposite of bullying? Mm -hmm. Because we, we hear about anti-bullying and I don't really believe in anti-movements. I believe in mm -hmm. pro-movements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, and then the oldest one, he was nine at that time. And he said, well, that's gleding, of course. And uh, in, in Norwegian, it makes more sense, but you can, in English, you still have the word glad to make someone glad or to yeah. be glad. So yeah. it's about making others feel well or do something good for others and yourself. Mm. So, uh, and, uh, so after the word gladding came to life, I, uh, I made a children's book that's called gladding. And now it's actually seven books. Uh, and, uh, we build the universe around gladding. So yeah. the focus is all on how can we, make a change what are the small things that actually have a big impact mm -hmm. and um and now the latest book is called gladding to the world which shows that gladding is not only relational and between human beings it's also how we treat our planet mm -hmm. our home uh everything that's alive here if it's a whale or a shark or a tree um so so it's really about finding your passion about where do you want to make a positive change mm. and I really believe in our children yes 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 and you had this book launch on Sunday at the yes. point of this recording it was so it's really recent congratulations yes. thank you very much yeah mm. and and that book is also uh, about sustainability goal 17 about collaboration mm. And yes. I, I really, I actually get goosebumps when I say that word because I believe that that's key. Yes. We really need to collaborate on mm. this. And yes. I, and I really believe in collaboration that, oh, if we can start doing that more often, uh, amazing things will happen. Yes. Mm. Totally agree. Will this uh, book be translated? 
Yes, yes, yes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so we're working on the the um, translation of everything actually now into yeah. English. Yeah. Uh, so so we want to have the website and and start to translate the books. And uh, of course, this needs to be a concept that is available for as many people as possible around the globe, yes. because this is universal human yes. needs. And um, and th- yeah, this is all universal stuff. It is. Mm. So what uh, what type of work do you do through your company? There's a lot, I know. Yes, there is. Um and and I'm still I just want to say a bit about that because I'm I'm learning every day and mm. I feel very humble in the fact that I don't know what's going to work out best. Mm. Uh and it's sometimes frustrating, but I really believe in like attacking from all angles um, because this needs to be a part of our everyday lives. This cannot mm. be an event. This cannot be like something we focus on one weekend per year or one day per year when we have an international day for this or that. This needs to be a part of our everyday lives. Mm. So how we work now is that we were a team of eight people and, um, and we have a we have our own publishing so we create books and tools and games and uh, mostly printed um things we don't use plastic of course we yeah. we try to be very um uh it's important for us that we create pro- physical products that has a long uh that can live for a long time mm. and that doesn't have a, a negative footprint so um that's important for us to have the physical products because we don't want everything to be based on screens and technology. Um, so that's one part of our, our um, uh, company and our development. And, and those products are mostly uh, oriented towards children and, um, and the grown-ups around the children. So we have a parenting book, for example, uh, which is um, made to be simple and easy to read but to give everyone the fundamentals about children's psychology and how to build uh, resilient children who feel loved and cared for and to feel safe so that they can um, discover their own strengths you know and that yeah I really believe in that so that's our product towards children and grown-ups around children uh, and then we have uh, courses and uh, we do talks, a lot of public speaking uh, towards uh, parents, but also at work because our, our health and our uh, values, they're also a part of our work life. So uh, we, we also work with companies, uh, but we work a lot with kindergartens and schools. Mm. So we have also digital programs for kindergartens and schools, and we're working on one also for families now. So we have physical courses and digital courses um, and the publishing company. Yeah. Are you working all over all over the country? Or yes. Is it, yeah. We're working yeah. all over the country and we... Every week we get questions about bringing things out uh, to other countries. So yeah. we're just trying to scale and uh, it's uh, that's challenging because it's very costly. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I just wish that money wasn't the thing. <laughs> yes. But uh, so we need to find more funding and investors. And so that's also a part of the 
of the work these days. It's uh, finding the right um, strategy for investments and crowdfunding. And mm -hmm. yeah, so there's a lot to learn. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sure you will succeed. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Well, uh, hard work every day. That's what yes, I believe yeah. in. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, um, you know, both from working in companies or mm. in, bus in the business world and mm. in schools. Yes. Uh, this I'm really curious about because which do you, which direction do you see us going? Do you, are we more are we more nice to each other, more empathetic, <laughs> uh, kinder? Are we moving in the right direction, both mm. in the business world and perhaps also in schools? And uh, like from my own experience, I see, I see both. I yeah. think, uh, and and maybe especially also no, now after COVID, uh, do you see any impact from that as well? So that was oh, many questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and I find that question difficult to answer because I don't have any facts around it. I only have mm. my own experience and, mm. um, and I'm not sure, to be honest. I would like to say, yes, there is a big change. I, I can, but... I don't really see it. I I feel that we are a group, but quite a small group who's really engaged in these things. Mm. Um, and we see that, I mean, uh, the mental health challenges has actually uh, not doubled, but tripled uh, during COVID. So uh, UN and WHO already had estimated that within 2030, Depression and anxiety are the biggest uh, global uh, struggles with within 2030. So, and now, and that was before the pandemic. So yeah. we can only imagine, you know, how much suffering is going on right now. How many people are are really in a challenging state from have lost income, um, people who don't have food on the table. I mean, there's. There's so much uh, difficulties and also with mental health problems, children growing up with parents who are not doing well, and this will have an impact on their lives as long as they live. So mm. I, I think uh, we have a lot of challenges right now. And, mm. and what I see in Norway is that people very fast go into this wheel, you know, of the everyday mm -hmm. life, uh, running to, to, uh, because normally in Norway, we have both full-time jobs. We don't have nannies or au pairs, or we don't have help with our children. We are uh, taking care of them on our own. So mm -hmm. we are squeezed between our mm -hmm. work lives and our homes and we are running and we are going to parenting meetings and we are going to football and basketball and the scout and you know there's the the Wednesdays here they're busy so yeah. I find it difficult for people to feel that they have extra to give you know yeah. to engage in in uh, in important uh, organizations or important work uh it's very very difficult to mm. to to make people find that time so i think that's our biggest challenge in in our society is to mobilize it's to mm. to get people to see that you know even if you don't have a lot of time just by saying hi to your neighbor 
that makes a change. Mm. And not just by picking up the garbage you see when, while you're walking outside, that's important, mm. you know, or just uh, recycling or, um, just check the, the market of the used stuff before you go and buy a new gadget, you know, yeah. just to get these small habits. Um, I think we need to, to show people that it doesn't require extra time. And, um, so I don't know if the world is more, I think people have a lot with themselves and that it's difficult to, to feel empathy for a lot more people because mm. we have so many struggles in our own lives. Um, and yes, I can see in the business world, I think there is a small change. I think people have been sitting at home and, and some people have found that efficient and okay. And many people have seen that, oh, I actually miss the human connection. Mm. <laughs> I, I would like to connect more with people and being on the screens doesn't help me a lot with that. So I think in the business world, there is a bit more openness towards empathy and what's uh, historically called soft skills. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I can see that. So that makes me a bit optimistic. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. Um, and we'll see. I, uh, I hope that the next uh, few months we will see more focus on bringing people together again and creating this sense of belonging. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So if we could kind of combine uh, the, the the things we perhaps learned from the from the COVID period where we were more um not relaxed, but we did less stuff with all these activities and we had more time. My own experience is that we suddenly we had time to walk in nature every afternoon with a family and it was less busy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we saw a lot fewer people. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need we need those social arenas as well, yes. uh, like the football practice mm. and the scout and yeah, yes. you know, so it's that combination is, or the balance is quite difficult. Yes, I think so. And, mm. and also this knowing, knowing your neighbors and knowing the children in the houses or mm. the apartments around us. I, I think that's very important also to see the children who have been suffering a lot. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and one thing that was really, we talked about briefly before we started the interview that, uh, in, in the schools now, um, I was at, uh, what do you call that in English? FIU? Yeah. Parents, it's like uh, the PTA meeting. PTA, or the PTA. Yeah. yeah. Mm. On Monday. And, uh, we talked about, uh, the fact that now, uh, during COVID, the parents have, like stopped outside the gate and then let the children in. Yes. So if you started in the first grade uh, in 2019, uh, almost and 2020 at least, then you actually don't know the rest of the parents or any of the other children because mm. you have almost not seen them. And mm -hmm. uh, so now you have both this, the fact that it's really important for us parents to know each other mm. Uh, to create a good environment at school and also for us to know the other children. Yes. Uh, and how, and we, we discussed this at this meeting. How do we best now try to, to, uh, 
get back and then plus some perhaps mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to yeah. to a social socially good environment at school yes do you have any advice uh yeah actually on this topic i have a lot because yeah. uh this is uh, something that we've been working a lot on and we've been um We've been looking for best practice around Norway and we have gathered that information to and shared it to make it common uh, because some schools are doing this very, very well. And uh, and we know that a good collaboration between the parents it creates a better environment for our children. Mm. So and also if um, if we know each other and our children have a fight or something, it's much easier for us to talk about it than if we have never met. It makes mm. sense. So it's it's like it's it's where does this start? And I really believe that it starts with saying hi and uh, and and meeting the other parents and actually telling them hi this is my name I'm the mother of these children what's your name who are you the father or mother of it's it's about getting to know each other and and I think it's very important that we uh, focus on the parents that doesn't know a lot of people in the mm. neighborhood mm. because in the big cities it it's quite difficult to get the overview and in the small villages and uh, normally there's also people who have been living there f- like for generations and they know everyone and being new in that small village or that small mm. town can be very very challenging mm. so so creating the meetings in a way that makes everyone feel welcome and everyone feels seen and that no one has to sit alone uh, on, uh, if they don't volunteer to do it because they want space. Of course, some people want that, but I think that's like number one. We have to mm. make sure that everyone has a face to talk to and, yeah. and have uh, to feel welcome. It actually starts there. And, mm. and try not to make things too formal. I think sometimes formalities create disconnection and and um, too much space between us and now this social distancing has been a part of our everyday lives for uh, soon two years you know so mm-hmm. so creating this um, more intimate space where we can be parents together and we can share our our challenges without um, I, I think that's very important actually to share some difficulties and to have a space where we can talk about um, what's been challenging for us and how can we help each other because this being a perfect parent and just showing how perfect our children are doesn't work well for connection. No. No. So I really believe in, in sharing struggles, but not in like a complaining way, but in a way that, you know, uh, to connect and to see that, oh, oh, really, have you felt that too? Because that was my, uh, yeah, that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. And I think human connection really fuels from from seeing from openness and Mm -hmm. from seeing that oh i'm not alone i'm not alone in this you know most parents feel a lot of the same uh fears a lot of the same struggles and i think we should collaborate more around these topics and i think that's my best advice actually uh and then it starts with me, right? I can't, mm. I can't believe that other people would like to open if I'm not starting to open up myself. So it always starts with me <laughs> and what yeah. I do. Um, and, and I, my experience is that when I'm also open with my struggles, uh, people open up. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's important. And I think that the parenting meetings in the schools and nurseries and kindergartens, it needs to be more relevant for our everyday lives. We need to talk about the real things. <laughs> and mm. yeah, um, because then it's valuable and it's useful. And, and parents go from that meeting feeling that, oh, this was time well spent. Because mm. when I go home now, I know what to do and I know how to connect with my children. And I, and I know that other parents are suffering with this as well. And that makes me feel less lonely. You know, we need mm. to talk about the real things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can see that you have a lot of work <laughs> to do here. <laughs> yeah, there's room room for improvement, I would say. Yeah, I think yeah. superficial stuff it doesn't connect with us, and yeah. and be and talking about all of this, yeah, I don't know, all of the artificials it it doesn't mm. help us. So, no. I think uh, sharing values, and I've seen that so many times working with schools that are multicultural. You know, we are not that different, to be honest. No. Uh, we are a lot the same if we dare to talk about it. Mm. And and also to look for what we have in common instead of what disconnects us. It's super important. Mm. We have so much in common. And and that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then it creates this oneness, and which is... Yeah, that's magic when we feel the oneness. I uh, yeah, that's that's the best. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you have three three boys, yes. three children, uh, your own company, and um, I'm sure it's things have not always been smooth sailing, and like for all of us, <laughs> like things are busy and hectic everyday lives. Yes. So what drives you? when things really get tough yeah. what makes you put in that extra gear mm. yeah that's a great question and i i do think about this a lot because uh there are always challenges and mm. um and this is costing me uh i mean it it's it costs me a lot because i don't have a lot of time for friends or social life or um and i have chosen this because i believe that what we do actually makes a change mm. and of course that's what's what drives me is if one parent or one child actually feels love loved more often mm. um and I really believe in, it sounds strange to say it, it's like a cliche, but, and it's also a Celine Dion song, but the power of love, you know, yeah. I feel that we should talk more about love. And I, and I believe to, to actually come closer to the goals for 2030, our sustainability goals, development goals, we actually need to, to love more. Mm. And I'm not just talking about romantic love. I, I think we, we need to focus more on love in our everyday lives and, and show our children love and also love to ourselves. Um, because that's where everything's coming from. Mm. And if I feel loved myself and I feel that I have love to give to the world, I can handle a lot of challenges, mm. you know, and, and, um, I, every day is also, uh, there are challenges 
every day, but I also feel an extreme amount of gratitude every day. And I have been training myself. Uh, my gratitude muscle has been in training since I was 11 or 12 years old when I started mental training, actually, because I was um, an active athlete in my teenage years. And I, I started to to be conscious and aware about my thoughts and my focus and all of these things. And... <sighs> And I think that challenges, I see them as a part of the process. Uh, and I know that to create a big impact, it will require lots and lots of challenges. It's just a part of the process. And if this wasn't challenging, it wouldn't change anything. If this was easy, mm. everyone could do it. And mm. it's not easy. <laughs> no. uh, but to get a message from... um uh, a person, I, I mean, I had a group of engineers and I, I just show up as a human being and I take them out of their professional roles, out from their LinkedIn profiles, out from their formalities and their, uh, CVs. And we talk about human stuff, mm-hmm. about what makes us cry, what makes us suffer, what makes us happy what's valuable in life about not taking life for granted and and they start crying many of them you know and i receive a message from their manager and he says that i've never seen this i've never seen this person moved before what you did there was just i can't even explain it but these people changed you know mm. they changed how they interact and and that drives me. Yes. It it drives me to get this feedback because it's not about me, but I'm just a messenger, you know? I'm but what happens when we show up in our authenticity and when we share our stories and we don't put any um like fancy words on it or models or uh, theories. I really believe in this yeah, it's, it's what happens when humans actually connect. Mm. It's amazing. It's like miracles. Mm. And when I hear that parents say that Gleading has changed the whole mindset of their family, it's like, wow, you know, is yeah. that even possible? Yes, it's possible. And that can be just from one book, just from a few questions. And even the Gleading word, it came from one question around the table when we were eating. Mm. And and I believe in these magic moments. And I read the book called Big Magic from, oh, uh, her name is Elizabeth Gilbert. Gilbert Liz Gilbert, yeah. yeah. And it's about creative and and being a creative person. And that create creativity is not something... Uh, you you're not a creative person but you can have creativity mm. so i found that fascinating as well because she talks about being open to these moments and luckily i was open to taking gleading as a word mm. i could have just let it go you know oh that was a nice conversation but i was luckily in a state right there where I took that word and I built on it. And I was lucky, you know, it could have happened to anyone. So, so I really believe that, um, that these small moments are what really creates an impact. And Mm -hmm. gliding is about the small actions 
because it's not only about being aware, it's about the actions we do and mm-hmm. what big impact that can create. So that's what drives me. It's, yeah. it's these small stories. And when they add up, I believe that we can change a lot in this world. And of course, people inspire me. Um, young people around the world who are actually believing in what they do. Um, that inspires me and it drives me. And when I'm down and I'm questioning if this has an impact, I just take up my phone and I look at all the stories that I have received. Um, and then I just keep going. Mm. Yeah. And I'm thinking that I'm thinking a lot about the fact that I'm on a planet in a big universe that is yeah. so humongous that I will never understand it or grasp it. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm telling myself that, you know, just keep going, keep going. Mm. And one more thing is that I know that gliding has a much bigger impact than I will ever know. And that most people don't give feedback, but when I meet some of them, they say, you know, I'm never a person who comments on social media or, or sends messages, but I just want you to know that this has a big impact in my life. Mm. And I'm trying to remember that when I feel mm. that there's nothing happening. I remember that, you know, there's a lot more happening than I know about. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you said something there about the, the small actions. So yes. That's a very good, uh, before the next question, which mm. is, uh, this, because this season is about action. Mm. Like we, we all know that we have, we, things are urgent yes. and, uh, we have a lot to, to deal with. Mm. So we need to act yeah. just, not just talk and, mm. and thumbs up on Facebook <laughs> posts. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, if there's one thing, you would like the listeners to do after listening to this episode, Mm. what would that be? Uh, (laughs) One thing. Okay. I believe that is to do, uh, to find small moments of joy every day and to take them in and actually uh, share the experience with someone else and um, and from that find fuel and motivation to share that with more people so because I believe that motivation it comes from it comes from movements it's motivation means to move something Mm. so so I believe that when we have a when we find small moments of joy every day, we can actually conquer our fears. And from that comes action. Because so many people, and I believe that the sense of urgency that we have in the world, on the state of the world, if people are in the mode of fear, nothing is going to happen. Mm. We need to give people hope. We need to give people joy and happiness and 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 fuel every day uh, to see that what I do is important. So that's where I, that's why I'm starting with the small moments of joy, because you need three moments of joy for every moment of fear. Mm. And our media and our newspapers and 
uh, news channels and even social media makes most money out of fear. Mm. And that means that all the listeners and people who are into these topics, we really need to focus on bringing out hope, bringing out the good stories, bringing out all the stuff that is happening in the world that is positive, because that's when we see that it works. Okay, these small actions, they work and that gives us hope. So the world is not in this uh, uh, mode or this state where we feel that we're hopeless. Hopelessness mm. is the worst thing <laughs> yeah. because it makes people feel that, you know, I, I'm too small. China, China has to do everything. If China doesn't do everything, there's no hope for us, mm. you know, and, and that state, that's a, not a good state. No. <laughs> Hopelessness. So um, small moments of joy, take them in, find motivation in that and really believe that these small actions actually have an impact and be aware that we, um, we inspire each other. So if you do something, three other people will see that and start doing things themselves. And mm -hmm. this is how we actually, uh, this is how we create movements and this is how we create change. Yeah. Mm. Great. So uh, when I see the number twenty thirty, uh, you, you, I think it's a long, long, uh, long time till twenty thirty. But it's actually not. And you see that when you have children, that yeah. like when you look back nine years, that seems like yesterday almost. <laughs> so, yes. So it's it's not far away, but mm. it's twenty thirty. Mm. And if you could set the stage for what the world looks like at that point, like. How do we act? How how does it smell? And uh, mm. what does it look like? Um, wow. If if you could choose, oh, if I could choose, yes, oh, wow. Then we have urban farming. <laughs> we have mm. we all grow our own foods. We're all vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my children. I'm I'm a vegetarian, and um, now at home they. Yesterday, I gave them this vegetarian thing that looks like meat and yeah. uh, they actually liked it so I'm like yes I'm going to do that now and yeah. soon all the family will not eat a lot of meat and that makes me happy yeah. uh, so I think we are mostly vegetarians or we eat from local farms uh, and we take care of our animals and we mm. see that animals actually also have families and oh this is important to me mm. uh, animal welfare I believe that's super important. Mm. Um, so we grow our own food and all the schools, they also have their own uh, like gardens or farming. Mm. I think that's super important that the children get to be close to nature. Um, so that's uh, one scenario. And I think we're sharing a lot more that mm. we have in all our communities. We have like a, a storage with things that people only need once or twice per year, like when you have to cut your hedge, you actually don't need your own hedge uh, saw, you know, no. you can actually <laughs> go to that um, storage place and, and, and rent it for a small amount of money. Or mm. I think we need to share a lot more of our, of our things and, uh, and that people 
they also live in a, I, there is here in Stavanger on the west coast of Norway where I live there is a fantastic um, they have built small apartments and in that building they have common areas where they have workshops where they are uh, fixing their clothes where they are doing uh, growing food they have uh, bicycles and they they're fixing their bicycles so it's like co co-living but they mm. ha still have their own small apartments and they have a, a um, common areas for yoga meditation mm. and also for uh, making uh, they have a big kitchen where they have dinners together and it's very uh, you know it's it's not formal it's not a big event but you can meet people if you want mm. and I really believe that in 2030 we will have much more like this because this is also good to avoid loneliness or people uh, feeling disconnected from others. So I believe in that. And I hope that people see that um, sustainability, the sustainability is not for a small group of people. It's for everyone. Mm. It's, mm. it's common knowledge. And, and people see that, oh, I actually, this gives my life more sense of purpose when I engage in something and also that people have found their way of contributing because I think it's overwhelming for people to do everything. And, and that's also where you feel this shortcoming, but if everyone can find their ways yeah. and that we can cheer for each other when mm. we do well. Mm. Uh, and also in 2030, I hope that people see that, you know, uh, everyone has to make a living. Uh, we need to pay our bills, but maybe it's okay to also, uh, I mean, there's so many companies in the world who make money from doing bad. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking about the companies who are benefiting from making our health worse, yeah. uh, who are, uh, you know, the sugar industry that is actually killing more people than the tobacco industry. Mm. Um, I think, I hope consumers can be more uh, aware about what they put their money in. What kind of industries do we actually uh, protect and build? And uh, we have to put money for the good stuff. We have to spend, when we buy Christmas gifts, we have to think what kind of world do we want to support? And also with our money and our resources, who are we? Uh, who are we buying the gifts from uh, and uh, what kind of world are we building with this money? Mm -hmm. uh, so I also think we have to talk more about money, actually, because that's a topic that is a bit difficult sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's important to reach our goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's important for... Um, me as a founder, and I mean, just seeing how difficult it is to make money, I feel that we have to talk more about it. And actually, I saw a company who had on their first, on their homepage, it said, do good, make money. And at first I thought, ah, oh, this is interesting. Hmm. This is kind of provoking. And then I thought, you know, this is genius because we have to do good and we also have to f have to find a way to make money from it mm -hmm. so we can create, um, so we can create workplaces for people and we can do good with that. Mm. Mm. So yeah, we have to do good and we have to make money. And in 2030, yeah. I hope that's common. Yeah. 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 
Oh, I have so long answers to your no, question. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to your version of 2030. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Mm. And um, you are my guest because uh, I want the, my listeners to get inspired to actually do something afterwards. And I know from my own experience that one of those actions could actually be to to reach out to you, to contact mm-hmm. you. And, and when you, like when you discover that people that you, you listen to or you read a book or something and you look up to them perhaps mm-hmm. even and that they actually, they, they want uh, feedback. They want to be contacted. Yes. That's a, like a door opener. Yes. So I want more people to actually reach out mm-hmm. when they hear something that inspires them. Yes. So what would be the best way to contact you? Oh, uh, well, at, uh, I'm on social media, uh, siri.abrahamson is my name or am I also name on Instagram and, um, gleding. That's uh, G-L-E-D-I-N-G. Um, you can find that also online and uh, on social media. And uh, uh, I'm going to speed up my uh, English website now and the translations because that's urgent. Uh, yeah. So, um, And my email is siri at gleding.com. So uh, you can find me there and reach out to me there. Uh, and I would love to, to hear from people around because, uh, I'm always learning. I learn people, mm. I learn things from people all the time and to get in multiple perspectives and mm. maybe hear about the, how we can work with our children on these things. That's very important to me mm. because I believe, I just want to say this because I believe that the children, they are the most natural human beings we have, their most authentic human beings we have. And the way they connect with nature, the way they connect with insects and the way they're curious when they're out in the woods or, or uh, next to the sea or the ocean, it, it just inspires me so much. You know, the mm. children, they always see the rainbow. Yeah. They always mm-hmm. look at and, and they're fascinated by life. And I believe that's so important for us grownups. It's to stay fascinated mm. and to really take in this fascination of the universe and to not become cynical or, you know, too hard. We have to mm. stay soft and we have to be inspired by the children around us because they have the key. They have the insights that sometimes we have forgotten. So mm. I would love to hear your perspectives on that as well. And of course, we want Gleding to be a global concept. So mm. uh, we need your help with that. Yes. 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 So if you're in uh, India or South Africa or anywhere, yes. <laughs> reach out. Yes, yes please. <laughs> yes. That's great. I will put all the links in the in the show notes. Thank and, you. And uh, thank you so much for this conversation. It has been really inspiring and you got me to think about a lot of things. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me and for the job you're doing by having these conversations. This is very, very valuable. Thank you. Thank you. And good, lu- good luck with your book. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Well, if that wasn't food for thought, I don't know what would be. I think I could have talked with Siri for at least twice as long, and I hope you feel the same. 
And as I said at the beginning, this is a perfect example of a guest who does work which needs to be spread all around the world, since gleding, joy and empathy is something we need more than ever. And if this podcast can help spread that, nothing would make me happier. I will, as always, share all the links and contact information in the show notes, and then you know what to do. And another thing, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Stories for the Future. And if you feel really inspired, you could also give it a rating. That helps a lot. And maybe even more important, if you know someone you think would like this podcast, please share it with them. Most of all, because I want as many people as possible to know about all these amazing people that you and I get to know here. So let's leave it at that. And I will be back in two weeks with another guest. This time we are going to South Africa. So stay tuned and talk to you soon.